0: We're in the, in the end, I guess, the two-part mini-series that we do every year the two weeks leading up to Easter called Vision Check. Um, and last week, we uh, did the first part of the series, which we do historically, which kind of helps us unpack where have we been as a church. Uh, one of the things that I know as a human being and maybe is um, a downside of mine is sometimes I don't take enough time just to go back and recall and remember, God, where have you been at work in my life? You just keep kind of go from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and it's easy to all of a sudden have tunnel vision and forget, man, where has God brought me in the last year or the last five years? And so we kind of told a narrative last week about really from the beginning of a living room in Mike and Connie's house until about five years ago when we kind of relaunched some things as a church. Um, and then obviously the last 12 months where we've seen God's work as well. And so we covered three primary statements that we believe are going to be our our mission statement that honor the past and also speak life into our future. So if you were here last week, I'm going to get your help a little bit. We had three statements that we used together. There's no slides tonight, so if you are a note taker, you only have three statements to write down on the back of your uh, program this week. The first one is that we are a missional Church. So we talked about we will always be and we have always been a missional church. So statement number one, we are a missional church. We talked about what that meant for us and Jeff highlighted that last week um, about kind of we, what, we are, what we've been doing and we'll hear more about that tonight as well. If you aren't sure what a missional church looks like, um, obviously there's information in our programs and obviously on our website as well. But I would encourage you to fill out your Connect card, um, just letting us know obviously that you're here. But also on the back side, you can always write down more information like MCs in that bottom corner. We'd love to tell you more about kind of how we do MCs or missional communities as a church. So we are a missional church, and we, you'll hear more about that. We have some pretty cool and exciting things that we believe that God's calling us to as a church collectively. Number two is that we are a multiplying church. Taking notes, we are a multiplying church. One of the things that many of us uh, struggle with at times, and maybe you do as well, maybe you've uh, been a part of a church, as many of you said, throughout a lot of your life, churches can look like a lot of different things. And maybe you've never been a part of a church where it primarily exists within the community of missional communities. Maybe this is your first experience. For many of you, I would assume it probably is. And so we wanna do a really good job of honoring our gatherings, our missional communities, and also your personal development, all three areas we believe that are important for you to grow as a human being, as a disciple of Christ. And so what multiplication looks like in all three phases is so important. We talked about kind of as a church, how we've done that well, some areas that we want to continue to figure out as a church collectively, and tonight we're going to kind of cast some vision around where we believe that God's calling us to multiply into our community It's hard sometimes, like Jeff shared last week, because many churches evaluate and kind of have a internal scorecard, if you will. Uh, There's um, butts, buildings, and budgets, the three Bs oftentimes used in churches. Butts and seats, your budget, how big is your church budget, and do you have a building and how cool is it, right? Those are three things that churches often evaluate as success terms. We don't actually look at any three of those things pretty regularly. We have a a pretty minimalistic budget. We as a church run on less than 70 grand a year. Our missional communities fluctuate in size on any given month. Our missional communities can reach anywhere between 100 to 300 people collectively amongst all our missional communities. And that's through brunches, that's through events, that's through service opportunities, and that's through meals shared together. So the impact can look like a lot of different things, but it's hard sometimes to put a fingerprint on these and say, oh, well, we're clearly doing A plus B equals C. And so I want to encourage you tonight that multiplication is going to look like a lot of really cool things for us as a church moving into the next few years. And then finally, one of the things that we want to continue to be uh, just so um, keeping the forefront of our mind is our third statement, which is, we are a shared ownership church. We are a shared ownership church. We do not have a lead pastor. Uh, We have King Jesus who leads our church. And then we have a five-person co-leadership team that serve as mutually submitting to each other within our church. And that co-leadership team submits to the spiritual leadership team, which is our team of elders and spiritual advisors of our church. And it's made up of our missional communities and other people who who have owned the DNA of Awaken and wanna continue to see the DNA of Awaken spread throughout not our church, but all throughout Hampton Roads. And the reality is that it goes one step further that if you call awakened Home, as we'll kind of unpack a little bit tonight, there's opportunities for you to figure out how do I own this church as my own in the process. And so We are a shared ownership church, whether it's in your MC, in our gatherings, or in relationship. It is not the job of a pastor or your MC leader to disciple everyone in the church. It's not their job to invite everyone to the MC event. It's a shared weight that we all carry together. And so figuring out what does that practically look like for us, especially moving into 2019, 2020, for the rest of this year and into next year, uh, leading into obviously Easter of 2020. What does that look like for our church? So we're going to give you some language, some practical tips and tools tonight because if you're like me it's really great to hear some really cool catchy phrases we're a missional church we're a multiplying church we're a shared ownership church but i love vision but you got to meet me halfway and tell me so what does it mean right give me something to grab a hold to and i think for a lot of us in this room you love awaken you love your missional community you love the people in this room but it's figuring out how do i begin in this process to apply the relationships and the opportunities that I have into seeing God do some really cool things into our future. And so I'm not going to lie, I'm, I'm pretty uh, pretty stoked about tonight. Uh, we talk a lot about the giftings that we have individually in our team, and I'm an apostle by nature, and so I hear a whole lot about uh, moving forward, blazing new trails, new territory. And so, man, tonight is uh, something I've been really excited about for a while. So I'm going to invite Connie and Jeff to go ahead and come on up. They're going to kind of tag team with me tonight, similarly to how we did it last week as well. And uh, while they're coming up, I would just ask you tonight, um, if you want to take notes, that's great. The best thing that you can do tonight for, I know I saw you this week, I'm watching you. Last week, Jeff like beelined right in front of my face. Uh, what I'm asking you tonight to do is just to keep an open mind. Okay, so if we can all agree to that, maybe you came here tonight saying like, okay, what does this look like? I've never been a part of a church that that does something like a vision check series. And I would just ask you tonight to ask the question, two questions actually. You can ask it throughout anything we're talking about tonight. The first one is, God, what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me? And question number two God, what do you want me to do with this? Because God is a God who still speaks actively and alive today to every person, believer, non-believer, skeptic, doubter, saint, and cynic. But God also doesn't just want to speak. He's a God who moves us into action because he's all about the transformation process, about where we will become as people. And so the question to ask you throughout all the things we talk about tonight, God, what are you speaking to me and what do you want me to do with it? Can we agree to ask those two questions tonight collectively? Let me pray and then we'll jump on in. I'll pass it over to Jeff. Father, we do, we dedicate this time to you. We ask, God, that you would uh, open our hearts to hear the things that you want us as a church community to do. God, would you begin to uh, soften our hearts our nerves or the things in our life that keep us kind of in this one-track mindset, God. But we believe that you want to call us out of the boat and call us into exciting new territory, but we want to do it collectively as a community. And so, God, as the centerpiece of our, of our church, of our leadership, of all aspects of what we do, we want to submit to you because this is, this is your church, and we want to ask that you would lead us in our conversation tonight and that you would be honored in everything we do as we lift the banner of Jesus higher and higher and everything we say and do in Jesus' name, Amen.
1: Cool. Well, I'm going to start us off uh, this week, and uh, I am going to uh, I'm going to take less time, less space than I did last week. If you guys were here last week, I got a little bit excited. And, uh, and Philip already mentioned a little bit about being a church that uh, embraces apest, right? And so if you know what that is, on the apest, I'm an evangelist. And so if there's two uh, words to kind of characterize that, it means I get really excited about the things that I like and that I love and then I want to invite other people into those things. So if I come across a new band that I love, I immediately start thinking, oh, I need to send this to JP. JP would love this. Or if I read a great book, I'm like, oh, I got to give this to Dave. Dave would love this book, right? So I get excited and then I want to invite other people into those things. And so I was chatting with Mike after the worship gathering last week and he, in love, was like, yeah, it sounded a little bit like you were somebody on an infomercial up there. Like, I just got really, really excited. Like the guy who can't believe that this thing slightly is bread like you know and so uh, it can if I'm not careful could come across insincere and so I just want you guys to hear from my heart that I am incredibly excited about where Awaken is going and I'm excited to invite you guys to take a part of that and so there's two only two things that I really want to kind of frame for you guys we're talking about where are we going and I like last week I'm kind of covering that first phrase that Philip mentioned that we are a missional church and so what does that look for us moving into the next year the next three years the next five years There's only two things I want to cover. I'm going to try to keep it really brief. The first one is we're excited to, uh, you're going to hear more about this moving forward, but as Philip uh, has already mentioned a few times, we are a church of missional communities, right? We are individual (coughs) missional communities that are connected under one banner of Awakened Church, and we are one larger community, and... uh, One of the things that we have looked at, what does it look look like for us to continue to be a church of missional communities looking forward? How can we evolve and be more healthy and be able to have more impact in our neighborhoods and networks? And so one of the things that we decided to do is we are going to be starting for each missional community uh, a care fund. And so what what does this look like? A lot of you guys, if you're connected to a missional community already, one of the things I love about our missional communities is how we work together to share each other's burdens and meet each other's needs. So there have been, without exaggeration, times where in my missional community, somebody has shared and said, yeah, we've got this washing machine that's on the fritz. I've been working on it for a week. We just can't get it going. And then later that week, a brand new washing machine showed up delivered at that person's driveway completely anonymously. We've had other people that said, okay, I've got, I, I really want, uh, I don't have a Bible to read to my kids. I know I should get one. I didn't have one. And then all of a sudden, Amazon drops off with love from your missional community, right? And so one of the things we love to do is to share each other's burdens and meet each other's needs. We feel like that is what God has called the church to do, right? And so one of the ways that we want to be able to do that better is moving forward, each of our missional communities is going to have what we were, we're calling a care fund, where instead of uh, only being able to exercise our stewardship and our generosity here in the worship gathering, that we're going to create an opportunity for you guys to give within your missional communities into a fund that stays within your missional community to help meet the needs that would arise within your missional community. Does that make sense? And so we've had issues uh, where somebody has said, hey, I have a care need. Such and such family is in a little bit of a a tight spot. They're having trouble paying their power bill. They want to know if we can help them out. And so we have said, yes, let's go to our missional communities. Let's ask who might be willing to give towards that need to help that person. And we've always been able to help meet those needs. But it's a lot of work of like, okay, well, we got to re- – okay, how are we collecting the money? Okay, if you get this, and we'll get this to that person. We want to be more proactive. And so when your commu- missional community has a need, there's already – a, a, uh, a fund there that all you have to do is, okay, here's this need. Are you guys okay? Can we give X amount of dollars towards this need? And so it's just a way of helping our missional communities care for one another better to better shoulder each other's burdens and better meet each other's needs. So that's the first thing that I'm excited and you're going to hear about that actually very soon. That's going to happen uh, within uh, 2019, within the rest of this year. We're going to be making that a reality. The second thing is I was praying over the past month, God, what does it mean for us to be a church and missional communities moving forward, what is the vision that you have for, for me to share with everybody else? And God just gave me one phrase, and I was like, thanks, God. And I've spent the last three weeks trying to figure out what that one phrase means, right? And the phrase that God gave me was, I want to ask, you need to ask, how can we excite people's missional imagination? How can we excite your missional imagination? And so last week I shared that while we have four missional communities currently at Awaken Church, we have actually planted or had a hand in supporting nine different missional communities over the the course of Awaken's life. And the way a lot of those missional communities happened were because somebody came and said, I have a passion for seeing the gospel planted in my neighborhood, or I have a, a, a passion for seeing the gospel planted in my workplace or on my naval ship, right? And so that's kind of this imagination for saying, I know what God can do, and I want to see it happen in the lives of the people that I care the most about, that I'm most present in their lives. And so I shared a lot of that last week. Uh, I'm actually going to turn it over. We're going to watch a, a quick video where you can hear that from, uh, from the, the mouth of uh, a guy, Doug, who I, I talked about a little bit last week. And so, uh, Amy, if you wouldn't mind, let's show that video, and I'll follow up after.
2: Uh, So my uh, my wife and I and our family moved to uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia Beach area uh, nine years ago this summer. And uh, we came from Ohio. And our our, our really passion was to where where could we go? Where was God calling us that would allow us to really see just a revitalization uh, around the world? And uh, we felt uh, as though going to that area. Uh, through the military that was there about a third of the population being transient that by planting churches in that part of the world we'd be able to reach all around the world through that time we have uh, we we're one of the first churches to be planted through V3 and uh, as uh, as we were learning how to really be the church in that place V3 helped give us language give us permission to be a uh, to be a little bit different in our approach to church planting that really allowed us to look at that multiplication uh, early on in the church plant and how we could structure ourselves to continue to plant more
3: churches down the road so I met this chaplain Joe Robbins and <clears throat> he had kinda of the same calling that I was having which is that God wanted us to create a body of believers a church um, on the ship, and I don't know, I don't know why. Just one of those things that yeah, I felt God telling me to do. Something. To- this was my fourth deployment, and I've never ever done anything like this before. We uh, got a concrete location on the ship that we'd be able to uh, utilize for worship, that seated up to 100 people. Towards the end of the deployment, we had grown from those 12 or so people to roughly 200, between 200 and 250 people. Today, take it even a step further. Um, God had, had made that on the ship. And then um, I actually changed my job from being an aviation mate fuelie to a religious program specialist, which was a huge story in itself because it just, I, I could have lost my job. I could have lost my career in the Navy. I could have been kicked out um, by taking the risk of uh, converting um, to RP.
1: What I loved about Doug, Doug was always of two minds about everything. Uh, When Doug uh, first visited Awaken, uh, he came up to me, uh, introduced himself, and he had seen by the T-shirt I was wearing and something else, he was like, I know we're going to be friends. Uh, And uh, and he he was like, I think I want to play drums for the church and so I said cool let's meet and then we had his audition we had his interview and then he was like yeah I'm not sure that, I, that this is it I'm not sure I want to do it and it was like okay so we talked through and he said okay I'll do it and then like everything that he came to me he was always second-guessing himself until this thing he came and he said I feel like God is calling me to plant a church on the ship while I'm deployed and that was something that he never wavered from never second-guessed and we kind of walked him through that process and supported him as best as we could with him being on a, a ship in the middle of the ocean right um But we saw God do amazing things. And so for me, I want to know how can we excite people's missional imagination. Last night, or excuse me, last week, I gave an awesome stat that of the people in our, um, our, uh, that's part of Awaken, we have 86% of the people that regularly attend Awaken's worship gathering that are connected to a missional community. That's an amazing number, and it's one that I'm excited about that I think we should celebrate. But part of the reason that we're seeing that number, or or not really the reason, but a byproduct of that, is we are currently funneling people that come to our worship gathering, into existing missional communities. And that is incredible because that's the way that we want to see the gospel lived out in missional community. But where I feel like we're missing something that God wants to do in our midst is where are the people that God has laid something on your heart to say, okay, I could be a part of a, uh, a missional community in Lynn Haven or Salem or Level Green, but what about the people in my neighborhood or what about the people in my work? I feel like God is calling me to do a thing there. And I know that can be very scary. That can be very risky. And so we kind of, it's a lot easier to jump into something that's already going on than to say, I wonder what it looks like for God to be present in my space. And so as we move forward, you're going to hear more about that. We're going to be looking for ways to see new, uh, exciting expressions of missional community within our existing MCs and also hopefully seeing new MCs planted, multiplied, and adopted. The end. Awesome. Uh, No, I got a phone call, though.
0: (laughs) I saw that. And just to piggyback off of last week, too, in case you weren't here, an extension of last year, kind of casting some vision, is that by the end of 2020, we want to see ourselves grow to seven missional communities. Um, And we're open to what that could look like. God may bring someone in who wants to sit in Awaken for a season, but really start something outside of Awaken, and maybe we want to adopt them for a season to help believe in what God's doing, and then send them out. Maybe that's a multiplication process. Maybe it's just something brand new that we've not done at all before. So we're open to what that could look like, but we really truly believe that over the next year, year and nine months or so, that we're going to see three new missional communities uh, come to at least be started in the process through DCs or through leadership teams being formed in in, in the making. So.
1: And that's the thing. Like we've created, we've spent a lot of time over the last year, like we shared last week, creating framework and systems to see our missional communities thrive and multiply. And so we've kind of created the system for those things to happen. But I also, we have seen enough times where God has moved and said, okay, your system looks great, but I have this planned. And so we want to be a church that respects people's imagination and creativity for how we can uh, see missional community lived out. So I think we'll see that happen in both of those arenas through the multiplication of our current uh, uh, healthy missional communities and through the planting of, of new, new ideas and new expressions of missional community.
0: Cool. We're gonna actually go a little bit backwards tonight. We're gonna jump to the third statement. Um, in this next part, we are a shared ownership church. And uh, I'm gonna introduce a new concept tonight, one that I'm really excited about and I'll speak on behalf of the spiritual leadership team and our co-leadership team that I think will help give us some language to better understand what does it mean to call Awaken home. And so uh, many of you have been a part of Awaken for, I don't know, a while. Some of you maybe over the last several months, but maybe a question that we get sometimes asked internally, um, even from other networks that we belong to, uh, we've got denomination affiliations and networks that we are a part of as a church, and we get questions like, well, what's your membership of your church? And uh, we don't really have membership as a church. It's not a a word that we use internally. Um, And in some ways, uh, there's validity to the concept of what a membership can look like. For us, we began to dream up as a co-leadership team, what is a healthy version of our way of belonging to Awaken? What does it mean for you to call Awaken home, and what do we expect in that process, and also what do we want for you in that process? And so we're going to give you three statements tonight around this term of becoming a partner of Awaken. So we don't want to be a member. it's not a club that you can like be exclusive in and have the cool kid like sign on the way in, like what's the password, right It's not what this is for. This is a concept that we're going to introduce, um, and over the next series that we do, starting next week with Easter, um, we do our King Jesus series during all four weeks of the series. We're going to give you a chance to respond to it, and I'm going to kind of lay it out for you here pretty simplistically, and then I'm going to ask Connie to kind of speak to at least one part of it. But there are three statements of what it means to become a partner of Awaken. So if you call Awaken home and you'd like to be a partner of our church, there are three basic things that we look for, for what does it mean for you to partner with us. And these are not, let me be really clear before I give you these three statements, these are not things that we want from you. These are things we want for you. That phrase is very, very important because we don't need anything from you, but we believe in a God who absolutely wants to develop you and grow you, and he wants something for you. And so all three of these statements speak to part of those developmental processes that God lays out for us as disciples and as local missionaries into our neighborhoods and networks he's called us to. So, Three statements, what does it mean to be a partner of awakening? You can write these down if you want. I know I told you earlier you don't write anything else down, but you can write these down if you want to. And we'll put these on a card next week that we'll introduce in our series. But the first one is that we want you to belong to a missional community. Not attend a missional community, not hang out at a missional community. The word is intentionally placed in there to belong. We have this idea of relationship within our church which simply means, as one of our pathways, to be known well and to be and to know others well. So this idea of relationships is at the core of what it means to belong to a missional community. That you would call that place home as well as a part of the body of believers. So if you want to be a partner of AWAKEN, first and foremost, we would ask that you would belong, uh, and these aren't sequential order, these are all equally important, but number one, we would say to belong to a missional community. The second one is that you would serve regularly. Find a way in our church community through MCs, through our gatherings, through outreach opportunities that we have like this morning with uh, the VBGI partnership that we have. Find ways to serve regularly. Now this isn't something to where if you choose to serve in our Forge Kids ministry, uh, Steve's going to like send some report out, well, you know. Uh, Philip was only there for this month, so he's not serving regularly, right? It's not what this is for. This is designed to say we believe it's a partnership, and not we're not a consumeristic church. This is not designed for you to come in, consume something, and leave on the way out. This is designed for us to work together as a partner. And so finding a way for you to serve regularly in whatever capacity is healthy within the margins that you have in your life, we want to invite you to serve regularly our church community again there's a lot of ways to do that if you have no idea how to start there are 20 people that could easily help you figure that out so you just need to ask so i would encourage you tonight if you're not sure how to belong to the missional community and you're not sure how to serve regularly come find at least one of the three of us and we will absolutely help navigate that with you together the third one is that you would that you would give faithfully that you would figure out a way and We talked about earlier with our care fund that we're going to do through the MC. That's really an act of generosity, right? It's above and beyond what we call stewardship here at Awaken. So we use these two financial terms pretty often. Stewardship, which is about how we manage the things that are all God's anyway, right? Everything we have is his, but we manage it well as stewards. And then we have this idea of generosity that as God begins to change our heart, We let things freely come in and freely exit our hand because, again, it's not ours anyway. And so that's kind of above and beyond what it means to also manage the things that you already have available to you. The CARE Fund is an example of generosity. Above and beyond what you do, find ways to give back into your missional community to help meet the practical needs that come up from time to time. But giving faithfully is about stewardship. Stewardship. And so uh, I'm going to pass it off to Connie for a second or else I'll just keep talking about kind of how you and your family have done that well and kind of how you've seen that practically lived out within your own life.
4: Sure. Yeah, it's on. Um, First of all, I think we talked about last week, that's good to hit on again, this shared ownership piece. We talked about how when we take ownership of something, we start to assess the value. So we look at it and we say, what does this mean to me? And then we realize that it means so much to me that I'm not just here to take something from it. I then want to give something back to it. And that's why it's shared ownership. And this giving faithfully is part of that. And that's what my family found out a few years ago that we were not doing a very good job of and we needed to do a better job at that. And I would say six or seven years ago, um, our giving was... You would think, because we founded the place, that it was on point and everybody was like, oh yeah, they're always giving, but there were times when things would happen and the easiest thing to take from is what you're giving to an organization or a church or someplace like that. It's the first thing that most people take from and it was the first thing that we were taking from when things would come up, a medical bill, a car repair, it was coming from that. And we were talking about that. And at the end of the month, we would evaluate our checkbook and realize that even in that moment, when we would take from that place to pay for this bill, we were still spending outrageous amounts of money on entertainment. And we looked at each other and we're like, what is wrong with this picture? Because we hadn't connected the fact that we are here for a purpose. God has given us a purpose on this planet and that where my money goes, shows what I view my purpose as. And that was hard for us to see. So what we decided is our family needs a vision. What is the vision of our family? What is it that God has called our family to do? And yes, we had been living on mission and the vision of awaken, but it trickles down. This vision piece should be in our families to start with too. And so, because of that, we're like, the first thing that we need to give each month, and it's not about a percentage or anything like that. Sorry, I just spit on you <laughs> It's not about a percentage or anything like that. It's about what we feel God has called us to give. So, at times, that, that amount has fluctuated, but what hasn't changed since that moment is that it never gets taken from. It's the first thing that's given each month. And when Awaken got to the point where they would automatically draw that for us, that's what we do now. So it's not even a question of, I don't even know how to turn it off, really. I don't. So it's coming out e- each month, and I want that. And my, fi- my kids know that, and they know that that's the first thing that happens because our, f- our family has decided that we are going to live on mission, and our purpose here is to see God's kingdom here, now, on this earth. And what is my role in that? What is my kid's role in that? And the first way to see that is to evaluate where your money goes, and it shouldn't be entertainment. And it was for my family. So we give automatically. And that really does help awaken when you give automatically. But it helps me, too, because I don't even guess about it anymore. Like I don't take, I don't even think it's not even, doesn't even cross my mind. And let me just tell you, I know you guys hear this a lot, especially for my family. but. God provides in ways because you are faithful to him. You're faithful to the purpose he has, the call he has on your life. And he will provide in those moments when you feel like, "Eh, where's it going to come from? And I know there's stories in this room of other people who have felt the same thing. And that's why it's important for me. And I don't really, I'm not a money person, but you know what? The world is. Everybody around, that's what the world lives on. Money is the most important thing. But for us, if we call ourselves Christ followers, then it's our mission. It's our vision. And we want you to be partners with us in this vision here at Awaken. But to start with that, what's the vision of your family? And right now, if you check your – it's not checkbooks anymore. I don't use a checkbook, but my bank account gives me a little pie chart. If you check your pie chart, it might just be entertainment. And is that really what you want to live your life for? That's what my family's story is, and I really feel like God has changed the life and the heart of our family because we decided that our family's vision was going to be living on mission, and it started with our money because that's what the world views as important.
0: And I think for all of us in this room, there's probably a healthy question around an aspect of stewardship. Maybe it's time for you. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's the resources that God's blessed you with. Um, And the question is simply, do you view it as your own to do what you want with it? Or is it viewed as, how can I contribute this to be a part of a community to advance the gospel and the good news? And I think the moment that perspective changes, like Connie shared from her personal story, it changes the perspective you have of also how you view Awaken. And that's the heart of what we're trying to get at tonight is we're going to develop this. It's an annual thing, so you're committing to the next 12 months uh, from the beginning of May essentially and through the end of April of of 2020 to become a partner in these three areas. Again, not because we want you to give a percentage or we want you to to serve in our kids' ministry or help out in our tech booth more or because we want to see our missional community numbers get better and better. And I'm coughing up a lung. I'm sorry. I'm sick. Apologize. Uh, Yeah, sorry, man. (laughs) Awkward now. I lost my train of thought. (laughs) But I think as a part of the partnership language that we're creating, it's really important that we change this perspective simply around what does this do for me? And as you mature as a Christ follower, you begin to to ask the question, what does this mean for us? And if you want to call Awaken home, the question is more about us than it is about you. If you want to continue to figure this out and you're not sure who God is and and you're not sure where where, where you are with Awaken, then maybe that question's not ready for you. But if Awaken is your home and you call this place your gathering and you're a part of the missional community within our church, then that question is absolutely relevant to you. What does it mean for you to partner with us? So we would ask, and we're gonna invite you to accountability within all three of those, to belong to a missional community, to serve regularly and to give faithfully. So next week, and the last thing I'll say about this piece, and then we're gonna move quickly to the multiplying part here at the end is that just like we did last year, we introduced a giving pledge that will happen again next, next week. So all, you'll get one card and it'll I invite you to become a partner of Awaken for the next year. And it will also invite you to, to write down what your giving pledge is for 2019, 2020. Uh, we had this very simplistic, almost elementary idea that like, hey, instead of like trying to, and our finance team, build this really cool budget out of like where we can see God work in our ministries, why don't we just see where God's, asking our people to give, and then build a budget off of that projected number. Seems to make logical sense, right? So we use the number that you, that you give us as a family unit. Everyone in this church fills it out, whether it's $10 a month or whether it's $1,000 a month or higher. Let me, let me, let me not limit you to $1,000 a month either. But whatever it is for you as a family that you commit to, where no one's going to call you in three months and say, hey, Philip, you didn't give your $10 a month. That's not what this is about. This is about us mapping out as a church. How is God calling us to then give back into our community, invest in the spaces that God's given us, empower our leaders and our missional communities better? That's the questions that we ask based on the resources that we evaluate. So you'll pray and you'll ask God, hey, God, where are you calling me and my family to be a steward for the next year? And then you'll write down that number. And then uh, it'll be part of our uh, stations up here during the entire next series that we have. And then on that same card, it'll give you an invitation to to accept whether or not you want to become a partner of AWAKEN for 2019-2020. This is not about who's in and who's out. Let me be really clear about that. This is not drawing lines around who wants to become a member of AWAKEN. This is strictly about we want to figure out what does it look like for us to own this church collectively so that we can move forward as a healthy, in healthy unity together. And we cannot move forward as a church until we know who our teammates are, right? It's, it's somewhat confusing when a football team can run out on the field and Jeff's wearing one jersey color and I'm wearing a different one and we don't know if we're home or away, if we're playing today or tomorrow. And I think part of that we're trying to do as a church right now is build the foundations and the building blocks to be unified as a church body so that God can move in a mighty way over the next several years. But we've got to figure out what we're building first, right? Can we all agree to that? So the open-ended vision that we're asking for you tonight around shared ownership is to pray about, about whether or not you become a partner of Awaken, and you can go ahead and start beginning to pray about your giving pledge as well for 2019-2020. So last thing here that we're going to do, and this is, I'm going to go through this pretty quickly here. Uh, we I get really excited, I told you up front, about things that God calls us to build and create. I love, there's a within the apest, apostle, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, or shepherds and teachers, those are interchangeable there. Um, I'm I'm a trailblazer. I wanna wanna break new ground in the process. Um, But one of the things that can be a a downfall of mine um, is that sometimes I can run ahead of everyone else and I look back and I think that we're all on the same page and I look back and no one is there with me on the top of the mountain and it's pretty lonely. And so part of what God's encouraging me to do uh, with the team of people that I have around me and with each of you individually as a a body of believers is to push the gas pedal forward, but make sure we don't leave anyone behind in the process. And so I want to kind of cast the vision for the next five years out. Uh, Maybe for some of you in the room, uh, this is super scary, And so maybe this is the part of the show where you, uh, as I told you up front, can kind of be open-hearted a little bit in the process, but I get super excited about this, and I hope that you will as well. So all of our missional communities, and I guess you could argue Reclaim, because a network group can draw from different areas, but all of our missional communities, I think it's fair to say, exist within the Virginia Beach network, if you will, the city of Virginia Beach, within the Hampton Roads area. And that's great. We love uh, Virginia Beach. Uh, But some of you guys don't live in Virginia Beach. Some of you live in Norfolk. Some of you live in Chesapeake. Some of you live in Suffolk. Some of you drive from all over the place. And so in the process, one of the things that we want to see our church do, and through the missional communities that we have, and also through the gathering that we have here as as well, we want to see over the next five years, healthy, vibrant missional community present presence in all of the major cities on this side of the tunnels. So Norfolk, Chesapeake, and Virginia Beach, we want to see healthy missional community presence in all three of our cities here. Fun fact, in case you didn't know this, Virginia Beach, Chesapeake, and Norfolk, top in the, they are in the three of the top five cities in the entire state of Virginia for population-wise. Virginia Beach is number one. So you would think Richmond or Alexandria or maybe Fairfax or other areas part of the state that you would naturally think are more city-based areas. But although we're spread out in this area, three of the top five largest cities are all on this side of tunnels. No wonder traffic can get a little bad, right? We all could have experienced that. But the reality is that means that there is so much opportunity for us to create this imagination that that Jeff shared about for where you can inspire mission— And you and your family can live into that, wherever that is. And so one of the things that we want to begin to dream up and actively press forward into is figuring out how can we have two or three missional communities in at least one of those two major cities, but presence in both over the next five years. My personal hope and our team's hope as well, and it's a little ambitious, but I would love for us to also have other worship gatherings in those cities as well. And maybe we find that we have two or three missional communities that are popping up in Chesapeake, for example. And so we do a Sunday morning or a Saturday night worship gathering in Chesapeake that's for those missional communities as well. And not that it has to look like this. Maybe it looks like it's in a living room. Maybe it looks more like our family gatherings that we do on the last weekend of the month. It can look at a lot of different things because guess what? We've got a pretty creative God, right? He's been doing creative things since the beginning of time. We're not Limiting how this can look, but what we do believe is that this is not about building the the awaken uh, billboard, if you will. And I said this last week. This is about growing and and raising high the banner of Jesus. So these can look at like a lot of different things. We're not trying to become a a multi-site church that has churches all over the area and video teaching. That's not who we are. We are a church that believes in empowering people to live in community in their neighborhoods but we believe in the DNA that God's called us to of healing in, raising up, and sending out. And we think that churches will also rally around the mission statement of being missional, being being a church of multiplication, of multiplying, and also being a church of shared ownership. And so I'm gonna invite you as a part of our church to pray about, God, what do you want me to do with that? This isn't the thing that like all of a sudden I'm gonna come up one day and say, hey guys, I like recruited a bunch of people. Let me tell you what we did. And you're just like, oh, that's cool that people did that. This is more about me putting it in your lap and saying, God, what are you calling me to wrestle with in this process? Because again, we don't want to just exist to maintain. We believe that the gospel is designed to be shared. It's contagious. It's meant to go from good news of one home to the next. And so we've created these opportunities through DC resources in our discipleship course within our missional communities. We're creating opportunities through our worship gatherings. We believe that we have a lot of the foundational elements needed to grow and succeed as a church over the next five years. But what we need from you and what we need to work on together is how can we partner in this mission together? In the Old Testament, around the Israelites, there's a pretty well-known verse, people use it all the time, but I absolutely believe it, that a people without a vision Perish. And if you call Awaken Home but don't have something to get excited about what God can do over the next five years, then I would say then this is not a good church for you. Shame on us for not taking an opportunity to live into the vision of where God is calling us to. And this isn't about success or failure on like a scorecard, right? We're telling you tonight that we believe God is calling us to push outside of our normal walls to believe that god sees mission existing in chesapeake and norfolk and that within that we don't want those people driving because it's not about growing this worship space we'll create worship spaces wherever there are people gathering because we're about the mission and the and the gatherings partnering together they are both important and we want to see that exist in your life in your neighborhoods and around this entire hampton roads area how cool would it be within 10 years to see missional communities grow from Chesapeake and Norfolk to Hampton and Suffolk to Portsmouth to Newport News. This Hampton Roads area is something that I and our leadership team has a burning passion to see the good news spread. But we cannot do it on our own, which is why we have this vision of shared ownership. And so I really ask, I implore with you, to wrestle with this idea of what does it mean for me to be a partner of Awaken? What does it mean for me to be on mission? What does it mean for me to multiply my life into others? What does it mean for me to share ownership with people around our church? Because regardless of what your education looks like, your job title, the amount of money that you make, all of those things go off the table when God says go and tell a good story. Because God's all about paralleling his story with your story. So that's our Vision Check series for this, this year. I'm really, really excited about it. I hope that you are too. Uh, we're going to go ahead and pray and pray over this entire process. And if it's okay with you, I think we're okay on time, uh, I'm going to ask that you would just sit for just a moment. The band's going to start playing. Uh, we're going to get ready to worship here, um, two songs here at the end. But I'm just going to ask you to sit for a moment in silence. And it's maybe awkward for some of you, but that's okay and I want the Holy Spirit to breathe into this moment for a second. So let's just sit for a moment, then I'll conclude this moment with prayer, and then we'll pass it over to the band.